Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Women's Football Success, Who's Ready for Women's Football? Today's episode is 1824, and I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. First, a disclaimer, I am an attorney. I'm licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. None of the information that I provide on this radio show or any of our digital or print material that have to do with women's football um, should be construed or look like or feel like you are creating an attorney-client relationship with me. If you have a, any legal issues, um, seek out an attorney in your jurisdiction that has experience in your type of law. With that being said, I'm really excited to have everybody here today. Um, this is again is episode 1824 and I wanted this episode to be completely about players um, because I've really tried to focus the first few weeks on owners and foundational material and getting things kind of up and running, um, explaining how tryouts should work, explaining how different um, operational things should work. So I wanted today to be just about players. Um, I'm going to offer up a, a little bit of information um, with regards to players um, and players paying to play and getting sponsorships. But also I'm going to provide some information on off-season workouts. Now I am not a personal trainer or a doctor or physical trainer, so um, I'm bringing the information from coaches that um, we work with and trainers that we work with and giving the information out to you. Um, if you have a personal trainer that you work with or whatever, that's great. Um, then you probably don't need this information. But I really wanted to put some information out there um, for ladies that weren't sure what they should be doing right now or what they need to be working on to get ready for um, tryouts or after they've tried out, made the team, and then there's this long period of um, off-season workouts. So with that being said, let's start with um, players. Um, and talk about the fact that players are the most important component of a women's football team. Without players, um, teams falter, they forfeit, um, and essentially the product that you present as a women's football team to the community is less than ideal. Um, on the other hand, with the wrong players, um, you can create the wrong team dynamic, a team can become cliquish and have negative vibes, and make for a really long, stressful season. So getting the right players involved is a big, big task. While some teams only focus on getting the best athletes, um, other teams look at new players as women interested in football, willing to learn, and striving to become the best athlete they can be as an individual. Another key component to creating a team is the group dynamic. A group of women that are not into teamwork or promoting, they want to promote their interest over the interest of the team, may be even less desirable. Unfortunately, sometimes these features um, are difficult to detect from a tryout or two. So a lot of times teams bring in uh, several different women on a, from a tryout or a series of tryouts, and they end up with 20 or 30 new players. Um, so it's very important to understand that you're not going to learn everything about a potential new player from a couple tryouts. With that being said, go back to the players that you already have on your team that have been there in seasons before. You may have been able to learn um, their personalities and how they will or won't work together. 
and that may make for some big decisions. Um, when it comes to women's football, a group of ladies, um, you ultimately end up with need to be compassionate, they need to be team players, they need to understand the team requirements, and they need to be willing to learn about football. And most importantly, um, a passion to put the effort and energy into the ultimate goal of becoming champions in their league or in their tier or however you wanna word that. You can have a great group of athletes, but if they are only let me, let me repeat that. You can have a great group of athletes, but if they are only coming to one practice a week or they don't feel that it's important to play their payer fees, um, it will be difficult for the team to meet its goals. When a few players feel that they should not pay their player fee, the burden ultimately gets put on the team owners and the other players um, for footing the responsibility of players that don't think that they should have to pay to play. So how do we get past the pay to play and move forward um, with players getting paid? Okay, so I don't say any of this to boast or to brag um, that I have had paid players on my team and that, I, that my past teams have also had paid players, okay? Um, I don't say this because I think that I'm better or anything like that. I simply point out that it is possible to have paid players, but it takes a lot of effort and a significant funding um, source to get that accomplished. Um, many teams are implementing opportunities to have players get paid for their efforts. However, it is not possible for every team to do this, and especially at this time, um, what, what a lot of people don't realize is the amount of money that goes into um, the costs of having a football team per player. So I'll talk about that here in a few minutes. Um, so many teams um, are trying to get to where they can implement opportunities so payers don't have to pay as much or they can become paid players. So my question is, or I guess your question to us is, what can teams do to promote players that put the effort in to getting revenue from their efforts? So what can the teams do to maybe um, give back to the player that puts that extra effort in above and beyond their paid player responsibilities. Um, one of those things is sponsorship programs. Um, everybody talks about sponsors and, and getting sponsors. Um, it is a great way to get paid as a player. Um, and I'll just kind of go over it for some of the newer teams that haven't really worked on sponsors yet or maybe are having a difficult time. But for example, if a player obtains a sponsorship above and beyond their costs, so let's say that you have evaluated the numbers, and I hope some of your teams have, that the cost is between, let's say for your team, the cost for each player is about 500 bucks. So what happens when a player goes and gets a $1,000 sponsorship? Is it possible um, in the different teams to share some of the funds with the player that obtained that sponsorship because they've gone above and beyond 
their responsibilities. Now, for some teams, it's going to be $1,000. Sometimes it's going to be $2,000. You know, however, um, it also depends on the types of facilities and the types of benefits that the players are getting. When I talk about benefits, I'm not talking about health care and workman's comp or anything like that. But um, a lot of people don't realize that different teams have different cost structures and different expenses. Um, I talked to a gentleman this past week um, where he, his cost for practice fields in the off, you know, from now until season is about $7,000. I talked to another guy that his are about $12,000. Talked to another person, this is a female, not that females are getting cheaper prices or anything, but I talked to a female and her prices are about 4,000 in the, in the off season to do practices leading up to the games. But um, ideally we might be able to, um, you know, depending on what the team structure is, what the policies are between uh, uh, about sponsorships. Now, again, this becomes very difficult if you have a lot of players that are not paying their player fees, and then you have a couple other players that are going out and getting two and three thousand dollar sponsors. Um, a team can become dependent on those larger sponsors. And then there's not fun, enough funds to go back to the player. So again, that leads that lies on the amount of funding coming in from other people within the organization. Now, again, I said this all depends on how a team has their sponsorship program set up. So I'm not here to tell teams to change their sponsorship program or to change how they do things. Not at all. Um, but there are ways that we can. Um, Put, in, put into the mix or put into the organization ways for players to go above and beyond the player fee to then get paid. And it's totally possible. Um, so, let me cancel that. Um, I told you guys last week that I, I was handing my computer over to my husband. He touched a button, I touched a button. I have no clue what we did, but I cannot get back to the way my screen looks normal. So. I sometimes have to move back and forth on this. But anyway, um, so let's talk about players paying to play. So typically, it costs a minimum of about $495 per player to cover the expenses for regular season with minimal costs. Now let me repeat that. Typically, for a team, that has you know, 30, 40, whatever amount of girls, per player, the cost is about $495 per player to cover expenses for the regular season. So for those teams that are charging $500, um, they are literally getting no extra money from a player to do any extra stuff. Does that make sense to you guys? Now, that is a minimum, okay? For teams that increase their expenses, so a lot of players um, want rental vans or buses or hotels. For teams that provide rental, van, rental vans, hotels, and buses, it's approximately $750 per player to cover those costs. So the way you do that is you take all the expenses over, over the season and you divide it by the number of players of course, it's going to be different if you only have 30 players as opposed to having 60 players, but 
on a per player basis, typically when there's a, a less number of players, teams provide less benefits like buses and hotels. Um, some do not. Some still provide buses and hotels even if they only have 30 players. But that is very, uh, that's stretching the budget very far. Um, if you get the Women's Football Success Owners Newsletter, you can check out the budgets that I provided on there. Um, and it shows the makeup of the expenses. Um, but it doesn't, I mean, some teams across the board, some teams provide practice jersey and practice pants and away game, home game, and two sets of game day uh, pants and socks and cleats um, and t-shirts and practice shorts. And uh, so all those things add up. So if people are wondering why a player fee is in the range of $1,000, that is why. It's to pay those fees or those expenses um, for providing those things to the players. The reason I begin here is that there's a lot of people that don't realize the average cost on a per player basis. Most, most teams um, are not um, focusing on the business side of women's football. And so they don't even realize these numbers. So a lot of players get uh, get upset and they're wondering, why are my player fees so high? What do I? And if you haven't run these numbers and you don't know what your cost per player is on a minimum and a maximum level, then you don't have any answers for the players. Um, so this really allows a player to understand that at the low end, you're looking at 500 bucks. At the high end, you're looking at about 14 or 1500, depending on what you're getting. If you're getting, you know, um, all the jerseys and all the t-shirts, and you're also getting a track suit um, or a traveling outfit to go on the bus together, those are all added expenses and they all have to come from somewhere, whether it's from the players, from the owners, or from sponsors or from commercial venues. Once again, many people just don't realize how difficult uh, it's been for many teams to get um, sponsorship from outside resources. Um, so I wanna touch a little bit on that because um, that's one of the ways that we give back to our players when um, they go and get a sponsorship that's more significant than what would cover their costs. Now, most teams and I don't say this about all teams because there are some teams that do not do this, but most teams um, will just allow players to pay their fee. Um, other teams say, absolutely not, you're not paying the fee, you are going to get a sponsor for the fee. Now this, you know, I understand both sides of that. You know, in one way, a team just needs to be able to cover the expenses of that player traveling and moving and walking and going to practice fields and all that stuff. But on the other side, getting sponsors um, requires those players to get out there and get into the community and talk to community members about the football team. Now, not every person you talk to is gonna become a sponsor, but if each player has to talk to three or four people before they're able to get a sponsorship, then that's that many more people in your community that know about women's football. So when it comes to women's football, um, there's not very many resources for players and potential players um, to use to get prepared for the season. So I'm gonna tra transition into some workout things 
for women in football uh, because there's just nothing out there. If you, you can't go on Amazon and buy a book for women's football workouts, um, and a lot of the people, a lot of the coaches are volunteers, but they have a lot of experience. So um, what I did was I reached out to our coaching staff and had them write some stuff up for me because, again, I am not a uh, personal trainer, physical trainer, um, but I do know that I want to give information to the players that is pertinent to right now. What do you need to be doing right now as a female football player? Two things, going back to those sponsorships or paying to play. If your team has an opportunity for you to pay $50 a month now, as opposed to waiting until January when you're you know, out of funds because of Christmas, you might wanna think about doing that. Even if you're thinking about getting a sponsor to pay for your fees, if you can stay on time with your stuff to your team, um, that's not only going to show them that you're committed to the team, but also it keeps the team able to do what they need to do. Um, so that's one thing that, that players need to be doing right now. Um, second is going to those potential sponsors and what I call warming them up. You're letting them know I play women's football. Uh, you know, there's some expenses that we have to pay for as a player and I'm hoping that I'll be able to get your support. If they say, girl, I don't have any money, what are you talking about? Tell them there's other ways that you can support me without giving me money and leave it at that because there are gonna be some situations where they can help you out in different ways supporting you without money, okay? But this lets them know about you. You've gotten more people to know about um, women's football. So that's the other thing you can do. The other thing is physical preparedness. Now you want to start preparing for women's football now. So if you are a women's football player and you just went through a tryout in the last couple weeks and you've made a team, congratulations. You are in for the ride of your life. Women's football is very, very exciting. Um, and But it is also very, um, not stressful, but it's very, um, you have to have commitment to women's football. You have to really have passion and love women's football um, to get everything out of it that you can get out of it. Um, but right now, if you are a postseason player, so you played last year and you took time off, most of the teams took time off after July 31st and um, are relaxing right now. It's now time to start getting back into things. So um, what we do is we, um, break down workouts into postseason, and then winter season, and then preseason, and then in season. So typically, the postseason is six to eight weeks after the end of the season. For some of you, that may run 12, 10 to 12 weeks um, if you did not participate in the playoffs or the championship. So if you were in championship um, and then you stopped, that's that's the day that you start your postseason time. Um, if you went, if you didn't play in the playoffs or championship, you probably stopped playing in July. So you had a few more weeks to prepare. However, most of us took time off. Um, some teams completely shut down for a few weeks and then get back to it. So right now we are at the very end of the postseason and heading into the winter workouts um, on a schedule, on a calendar basis. Ideally, you want to have numbers, times, and reps written down 
when you're working out and then reevaluate every two to three weeks to determine what things you have to improve on. So I tell people, even if you just tried out a couple weeks ago, you may be able to get those numbers from your coach or um, you can attend another tryout in the coming weeks and get those numbers. If you are already on a team and you're not going to a tryout, then get, get with a group of the ladies and go through a mini combine. Um, and then you can, what, what I call beginning with your postseason times. So this is where you're starting right now. Um, many ladies are in the tryout phase around the country. So women are hesitant about trying out right now because they're, they feel out of shape or are not ready to go. So to those ladies, I say it's not too late. Um, I suggest you, if you are not a player yet or you're a potential player, what you need to be doing right now is communicating with a potential team and seeing when the next tryout is. If the tryout's in two weeks and you don't feel comfortable with that, Ask them if they're having a trial in six weeks, eight weeks, whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, right now, I'm sure that 99.9% .9 of the teams will be having more tryouts um, in six to eight weeks. Now, I know of one team that's finished with tryouts. They're done. They're actually getting ready to do signing days. So um, kudos to them. They are way, way um, ahead of the game. But... If you are somebody that is hesitant about trying out because you don't feel like you're in the best of shape, I suggest that you uh, get those numbers down and I'll tell you what numbers um, they look at and there's, you know, each team is different, but essentially what numbers they're looking at and work on getting those numbers ready for tryouts so that you can put your breath, your best presentation for your breast forward. That's true because you'll be running, you know, forward. Anyway, um, with that being said, for those people that um, actually played last year and um, may or may not have their numbers, some teams don't track those things. I think it's very important even for our veterans, we track those numbers so that they can see how they improved over year two, year three, year four. Um, so, even if you're a player that played last year and you're not required to go to a tryout, I suggest going to a tryout and getting these numbers in a competitive um, situation. You know, run against a rookie or time against a rookie um, so that you can show what you have and really get a good time. You don't want to relax time. Um, so most teams will have probably one or two more tryouts. Um, set for September, well, set for October, November, and December. Some teams even go into January, and if they're really hurting for numbers, they'll go into February. But ideally for 2019, I really want to help teams get those numbers up early rather than later. Um, so um, I really, you know, I've reached out to several teams asking them what I can do to help them. Um, I really can't act, you know, by action, I can't get more people to your tryouts, but I can offer some strategies and some suggestions on how to get 30 people at your tryout. Um, but it takes effort, and so those people that want to do that, um, reach out to me, um, and I will be more than happy to help you. Okay, so 
Um, back to the tryouts, um, and I wanted to share with you in, uh, a, an example story because this just happened to us a couple days ago. Um, one of the girls, we put out a tryout um, flyer on Facebook, and one of the girls met, uh, you know, did a comment at the bottom saying, hey, so-and-so, check this out, you know, telling her friend about our tryout. And that girl responded, oh, no, girl, I'm just, I'm out of shape. So, you know, I reached out to that person and I said, you know, you might not be ready for our tryout in two weeks, but if you're really interested, if you want to play football, um, we do have another tryout coming in November. Um, so if you're interested, go ahead and register and we'll see what we can do. Um, and, and sure enough, she registered, um, you know, but she's going to start working out now for the November tryout so that she, you know, doesn't make herself sick at the tryout. Um, but that's just one example um, of ways that you can get those extra numbers on your team. So let's get back to actual workouts. Before we get started, please note that, again, I am not a sports trainer. Um, I don't, I'm not a sports trainer for our team or any team. I'm simply telling you the exercises and the sequence of doing them. Um, I'm conveying the information that we and other football teams use for our postseason winter workouts for football. Um, these have been kind of modified from NFL player workouts um, because, you know, we're different as females. So first I wanna get those numbers written down that I was talking about earlier so that you, um, you can either attend a tryout or record your numbers with a few girls in your get together and do a mini combine. But I'll tell you the numbers from your tryout are gonna be significantly different from a, uh, a combine that you did with your girlfriends, okay? Because there's just this camaraderie and there's this competition. Everybody's watching you. The coaches are watching you while you're doing your running and stuff. So I think that it's important to do it at tryouts. But if not, you can still get some basic numbers. You want to record your times for a 40-yard dash, a long jump, sit-ups, push-ups. Those are essentially the foundational or the basic numbers that are tracked at the tryout. Um, some teams do a T drill um, where you run around cones in the letter of a T um, and that can you can find that on Facebook or um, YouTube. There's other drills that are done. Um, sometimes these are done repeatedly like three times each. Um, so you don't wanna just prepare yourself to run a 40 yard dash one time you want to be able to build yourself up and, and build the muscle and the conditioning to be able to do it three times. Same thing with push-ups. You don't just do push-ups once, you do push-ups three times. What they're trying to see is your stamina and um, if you can complete the same amount the first time as the last time, it has to do with effort and um, ability to, to go till burnout. Anyway, so you wanna record these times. Those are really the major ones that we do at our tryouts for the Dallas Elite. And then we also do some throwing drills, catching drills, um, those kind of things to see uh, kicking drills for kickers. Um, so if you're interested in those types of positions, then once you're done with the foundational timing, 
they will have you break out into different groups and see if you can throw the ball or you can catch the ball. Um, so, okay, so let's, so over, so once you have your numbers written down, you're gonna wanna continue over the next four to six weeks. You can make huge changes. You can make big time changes, big number changes in four to six weeks. Make vast improvements um, with focused training, okay? Now, obviously you don't wanna injure yourself. Um, that's, that's the big, the big no-no. Um, but being four to six weeks out from a tryout, um, this will allow you to evaluate where you are now and then know your progress as the preseason gets closer, okay? So you may, you know, four weeks from now is the tryout and you may decide, you know what, I still am not ready. Um, you still have chances for a November work, a November tryout if that's it. You don't want to wait until December and then say, I'm going to get off the couch right now. So um, it's better to do this now and see how much improvement you can make. Now, I know Coach Mike from the Dallas Elite, he tries to set up exercises that each person can do at home or with little expense. So when you're out doing these things, don't think that you have to go get a gym, gym membership or a or hire a personal trainer. Some people do, um, but you don't need you don't have to do those things to get through a tryout. Um, so you're going to want to over these next four, six, eight weeks, you're going to want to include some resistance training. The purpose of the resistance training during this phase is to create a muscular base. So you're trying to build those muscles that maybe you haven't been working out as much in the last few months. Remember, you are working to gradually increase intensity as you get closer to the season. So we are not, you don't want to get started this week, you know, get off the couch and go and just try to bench press as much as you possibly can. That's absolutely not what you should do because you're going to get injured and then you'll be um, gone for the whole season. Um, Sorry about that, I had a little interruption. Um, so we're talking about the resistance training. So don't get super heavy, like right off the bat. Um, you want to focus on core lifts and supporting and assisting exercises. So the idea is to increase muscle size during this phase. You'll perform like manual resistance exercises such as manual side raises, um, by doing this with a partner, um, the partner can apply some resistance, making the exercise strenuous, but not painful, okay? Focus on using larger muscle groups first and then smaller muscle groups um, so that you can create that fatigue and um, make your muscles tired and sore, but not in pain or, you know, damaged. So if you are completely confused, um, connect with a trainer or one of the coaches on the team that you're getting ready to be a part of or if you've already made the team. And a lot of times um, determine what he or she wants you to be doing. Um, you may want to have a coach make up a workout customized to your body and position. So if you are a lineman, you're gonna have a, a different kind of workout 
than if you are a um, receiver catching the ball. Because if you think about it, alignment, you know, pretty much stays by the line. They have bursts of energy that are like five yards each time. So they have to put 100% of their energy into that small amount of uh, space pushing on another body. Whereas a receiver is going to practice quick, fast runs in different directions. So think about the ankle work that has to be done to make quick movements side to side, up and down. Um, so if you obviously just don't know what position you're gonna be playing, I would call the coach. Um, I know that Coach Mike, um, he talks to the players and they, you know, the, by height and weight and position that they play or position they played before, um, he will provide them with a customized workout plan um, to say, this is what we want you to do for the next couple weeks, really focus on whatever. Um, but if you are totally lost when I'm talking about resistance training or manual resistance exercises, a manual resistance exercise is something that you're not using a machine to do for to, for, to resist you. So even, um, I don't know, pulling on, a, pulling on your partner's arm to create a, a bicep pull, um, something like that, where you're getting resistance, but it's not from a machine. So again, if you are completely confused by the terminology and you just you know, don't know what I'm talking about, um, reach out to your coach or re reach out to a potential coach and they will get you all set up. Um, for the um, resistance training, it's recommended that basic exercises include one minute of rest between sets and supporting exercises have a um, 45 second rest between sets. So in addition, during the phase of training that you, you will want to have a high number of reps and a high number of sets. So you're looking for lots of reps, lots of sets, not a lot of weight um, being put on you. Um, natural resistance from a partner is good, um, but where you can stop the exercise anytime you need to. Um, the idea is to promote overall fatigue of the muscle during the workout while getting in maximum reps. So don't work out to exhaustion, pain, or injury. Absolutely not. Um, the idea here is to make sure that you um, are working out safe and getting your body used to the, to the movements so that you don't cause potential injury leading up to the season. Because if you do all of this work up to April and then you hurt yourself, um, it's a lot of time and energy wasted. Not that it's not completely wasted, but um, it can be very frustrating to people that have put a lot of time and effort into this and then can't play a game because um, they've injured themselves. Now, before, you know, obviously with it goes without being said, that um, a good warm-up warm up is essential when you're doing these workouts. We see it all the time, and I know it happens on other teams because I've been at other team tryout or other team practices. Warm-ups are probably your most important part of your workout, okay? A lot of people get to practice late, and so they do a half work, half warm-up, or the other thing that we see a lot is people don't put 100% into warm-up because they don't find it very important. You really want to be putting those stretches on 100%. So anytime you're stretching out your knees, your back, your arms, 
You know, those stretches should really be a quality stretch. Um, many potential female football players fail to focus on the quality of the warm-up and end up end injuring themselves um, really early in the process. We had um, an example is we had a girl that came out. She came to every practice. She was a very dedicated player. This was a long time ago. Um, she came. We had a scrimmage in Austin. She was running late to Austin. Uh, we actually had it in Waco is where we used to do it. Austin would come to Waco and we would go to Waco from Dallas and we'd have a scrimmage. Um, but she was running late, got lost on the way to the scrimmage, jumps out of her car, puts her pads on and starts uh, running out there. She had not warmed up. She had not done anything. First play of the scrimmage, she pops. She you hear a pop in, the, in her ankle. Uh, within three or four days, she's having surgery, and she was out for the entire year. Um, it was a very sad story, um, but it happens all the time. Um, women's football is a very physical sport, and it, a lot of people have season-ending injuries, is what we call them, season-ending injuries. And we never want to have any, um, but it always happens. So um, you want to be one of the people that does not have a season ending injury. So let's get back to this workout. So again, warm ups super important, most important part, okay? Um, during this phase of the workouts, it's important to focus on form and the performance of the reps. You want them to be deliberate and slow. So it, even if you can't get in as many reps as you think, um, Focus on the quality over the quantity. Obviously, we want to get the quantity up because this is supposed to be low weight, uh, low weight, high rep, um, and a high amount of sets. So we're looking for five sets. We're looking for 15 reps per set, um, maybe even 17 reps per set, um, but a lower weight. Um, okay, so. In addition to these, this resistance training, you're going to want to do some running and conditioning training. Now, again, I talked about O-line, you know, aren't big runners. You know, they're, they do go up and down the field, but they do it little short bursts at a time. So somebody that is a, on the O-line is going to, going to be a sprinter, a short distance sprinter. Um, whereas somebody that is a receiver is going to do a longer distance sprinting um some of the some of the plays you know they kind of do a slow run but typically not because that gives up to the um defender that they're not getting the ball um typically i have to use these typically and usually and ideally um because it's not always the case some coaches um use that as a as a, a strategy but for your running and conditioning um it is now time, right now in September, end of September, beginning of October, to start your walking, jogging, and running. Um, this is still a rest period away from football, so incorporating other activities such as like tennis or swimming or basketball may help to get your conditioning exercise in um, while actually, you know, kind of training your muscles in different ways and different directions. Um, than what they were doing in football before. So it can actually help to kind of solidify and really um, get those muscles and those tendons and ligaments um, 
feeling good. So other than tennis, swimming, basketball, walking, running, jogging, um, you're going to want, you know, if you're doing the walking, it's going to be a high intensity walk leading up to a jog. Um, that's kind of ideal as long as um, the interval is, is the right amount of time for you. Now, if you're a sprinter, if you're a lineman, then you're going to want to do lots of small sprints as opposed to a long jog or run. Um, now, it can be a high intensity walk for five miles, for five yards, and then a walk, and then high intensity walk, and then a low intensity. Um, switching it on and off to just build up those muscles to be able to go faster. Over the next like three to four weeks, an increase in running and conditioning will naturally occur. You know, at the end of each week, you know, bump it up a little bit, do an extra serious and extra hard workout, um, and then start that next week at that level. So for example, if you're, you know, doing this intense, intense walking or jogging for say 30, 40 minutes, um, each day, then at the end of the week, do the 45 minutes, and then the next week, start at 45 minutes and work yourself up to an hour, hour and 15 minutes, um, and then increase it that way. Um, after week two, you could increase from um, to three days per week of conditioning, and then increase the distance and the time of the conditioning as well. Um, this will continue over the next coming weeks, and um, by the time you hit actual practices, typically in January for teams, um, you'll really uh, be ahead of it because the, the workouts for the beginning workouts for preseason for women's football won't be as difficult for you. You won't feel as sore after those workouts. Now, you're going to feel sore either way, but you won't feel as sore. And this also um, decreases your chance of injury. Um, the more that you put in during this time decreases your chance of uh, injury as we go forward into preseason and actually into the season. If you're not sure which exercises you should do or you are completely lost, like I said, the best advice I can give you is to reach out to either your coach or your potential coach and explain what you're trying to accomplish in this season. And you can tell them, you know, I really want to try out for your team. I'm not really comfortable. I'm not sure that I could meet the requirements of your team. So tell me what I can do to get ready so that I can come to the tryout in November and really um, have an opportunity of making your team. That's, you know, that's a possibility. And most coaches would love um, that you were honest with them and that you really have um, your best interests and that you're enthusiastic and you want to do it the right way. That's much better than showing up at the tryout and just not being able to do anything because you um, didn't didn't take the opportunity to get ready. Um, the idea is is for you to start with your numbers now and take the time to get faster, get stronger, um, lose any weight you need to, um, or you might even want to try out for a new position. You might be a person that um, did one position last year. Um, and so you could reach out to a coach and say, you know, I, I know I did this position. Tell me what, what things I can practice or what things I can work on that would lead to me 
being more of a person for this position. And um, again, I think that the coaches would love that opportunity to give you the information. Um, but all in all, the basic idea is to get you prepared in this off season for what's about to come. I hope you guys, you know, if, if you guys have any questions about this, feel free to let me know. Um, we have a ton of stuff going on right now. Um, I'm gonna share with you. If, so if you are part of the Women's Football Success Owners Newsletter, um, that went out um, yesterday. That's the third edition, I think, that, that went out yesterday. If you are a player or a coach um, or even a support staff member, but mainly players and coaches, we are going to do another newsletter, completely different newsletter for players and coaches because you just you have other interests. You're not really worried about the budget and you're not worried about advertising and merch and all these different things. You really wanna get um, focus and guidance on being a player, which is totally, totally fine. That's, a, you know, that's, that's ex exactly what makes a team successful is having players that want to know um, what they need to do to be great players. With that being said, I'm super, super excited um, here in the last few minutes of this show because I actually tape a, a day early. So um, we are announcing, we have a big announcement today. It's going out on press release. We're super excited. But um, the Dallas Elite women's football team is sponsoring a girls football league in Texas. We are very excited to um, be able to offer this opportunity to girls in Texas um, all over, all ages, um, five to 17. We have flag football, we have tackle football, and then we also have cheerleading for the girls that just wanna cheer on the other girls that are playing football. So we are super excited. That is called texasgirlsfootball.org. Um, you can go there and, and get all the information that we've put out. Um, we're now doing signups and registration for the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We're super excited about that. It's been a long time coming and we are great to be able to roll that out. Um, we started all the planning <laughs> uh, months ago months, months, months ago. So we're really excited that that's finally come to fruition and we are able to put that out on the table and um, help some girls learn the sport of football. With that being said, um, if you guys are interested in signing up for the player coach newsletter, I'm gonna put a button on the website and then players and coaches will be able to sign up there. It'll put You put your name in, you'll put your team and what position you play. And we'll be able to send that newsletter out to you. That's coming here in the next couple weeks. So if you guys need to contact me or anything else, um, the best way would be to go to libertyellington at gmail.com. That's my personal um, email. Um, but there are so many ways that you can connect with us, obviously through Facebook, through Dallas Elite Women's Football, um, also through um, the Women's Football Success. It's part of our super small biz business, supersmallbiz.com. On supersmallbiz.com, you can go to a link there to Women's Football, which has all the free resources and all of the information that we put kind of on the, the little blog website. 
Um, but you can also connect with us through the Facebook groups, through the Facebook pages. We have people, we have support staff that are monitoring those all day. And so they will either answer or they will connect with us to get the answers to those questions so they can post them as soon as possible. Again, I really appreciate you guys' time and energy, um, your effort. I know that if you're listening to these radio shows that you really have a passion for women's football, um, you want it to be successful, and you want to grow the sport in a positive direction. I really appreciate you guys' time today. Feel free to reach out to me. If you have some uh, topics that you're interested in me covering for women's football, I'll be more than glad to do that. I'm really going to try for the next um, the next um, radio show for women's football success. Now, we do the radio show, the newsletter, and the website. So a lot of it kind of, um, I want it all to be pieced together and put together in a nice pretty package with a bow on top. So our next set of radio shows is going to be focused on coaching and support staff and players. So I'm going to do a combination of those things to really get that going. Um, I feel like the foundational stuff for owners has really locked in and, and we're good to go with that. So I'm going to start moving ahead with player, coaches, and support staff information. Again, feel free to reach out. You guys have a great week and I will talk to you later.